0: Welcome to the Human Theatre, a safe space teamed with an abundance of exploration about what it means to be a human in this world. Optimal health is your birthright and should not be a luxury. Knowing how your body works and understanding everything that relates to your human experience comes with the package. My name is Kelsey Buchholter. And I am here to dive deep into all things mental and physical health, longevity, nutrition, human consciousness, creativity, and more. Join me in normalizing the concept of what it means to be a human and the importance of being you. Enjoy the show. Hello, humans. My name is Kelsey. I am a singer-songwriter, actor, dancer, nutrition advisor, health coach, and your host. And welcome to the 10th show housed in the Human Theatre. Today's guest is a very special person with a drive so strong and a heart of gold. Milliner extraordinaire Crystal Birch is a leading lady in the sartorial landscape of South Africa, And when it comes to hats or anything adorning the head, she is the go-to for the country's most creative characters. Crystal turned her degree from the Elizabeth Galloway Academy of Fashion on its head, excuse the pun, by preserving the art of millinery, while simultaneously reintroducing us to the inherent power that only the hat can hold for completing a look. Never one to shy away from a challenge, Crystal studied under milliner maestros Piers Atkinson and Noel Stewart in London, advancing her skills with impeccable craftsmanship. In 2018, Crystal trained under her mentor Harry Factor of Parisian Milliners, a hat manufacturer established in 1936, eventually acquiring the Heritage Company and transforming it into The Hat Factory. Although Crystal remains a guardian of millinery tradition, her power lies in her rare ability to elevate hat-making as effortlessly chic and totally relevant for the 21st century. Under Crystal's watchful eye, every hat is designed and imbued with its own unique essence by an incredible in-house team, championing local production for global locations. Crystal personifies creativity, and I am so here for it. Before we get into today's show, don't forget about your special discount code if you want to order any product from Oxford HealthSpan. You can get a 10% discount when you enter KELSEY as the discount code at checkout. That's KELSEY, all in capitals, K-E-L-S-E-Y, all in capitals for a 10% discount. There will also be a link in the show notes. Now, without further ado... Here's my chat with the incredible Crystal Birch. And I think we are live. Crystal Birch, welcome to the Human Theatre. Thank you very much. Actually, I should say welcome. I should welcome myself to your hat factory. (laughs) Yes, because that's where we are. Welcome to the hat factory. Please, can you tell us? Where we are,
1: actually. (laughs) Well, many people say it is a candy store, a Willy Wonka-esque factory. It's a factory that's been established in 1936, previously known as Parisian Milliners. So there used to be quite a few hat factories in Cape Town, and this is the last one standing. Um, There are three left in South Africa, and that uses traditional blocking. We block a hat on a block. We don't sew it. If it's sewn, it's actually a soft cloth headwear, and it's sewn in a CMT way. So we traditionally block with gas, heat, steam, trim, like it's been done for the past 400 years.
0: I mean, I got a little tour into your factory, and it's actually, I didn't realize what goes on. Mega. To make a hat. (laughs) Yes, one hat will go through about 9 to 12 people's hands.
1: It has a stiffening, selecting of the material, stiffening the material, letting it dry for a day. Then you steam it. Then you block it. Then you cut off the raw edge. You would take it to either get wire binding, get the label and the sweatband in, and then trim it. Then quality control, check it, and then pack it. So it goes yeah, through about almost 14 people's hands back and forth.
0: Unbelievable. And the process starts on those steel blocks. blocks. And how many did you say you have? Almost have. We almost have 300 of them. A few of them were stolen, unfortunately. And I've
1: got about 300 wooden blocks, which I then use to block by hand. And these are all scarce. It's hard to find listings of them online also because people don't know what they're called. But the wooden ones you use, I can use when I'm teaching. And I can do something if I just want to remind myself of what I'm doing. And then the steel ones they can be heated up the whole day and they are more there for the industrial quantities. So we can do about, I think about almost 2,000 hats a week. Jeez.
0: Yeah. Is there a design
1: thing to like design the steel? You of? can. You can have that one made. So say now we make a Harry Potter hat and uh, the wardrobe team or comes up with a new shape and we say, cool, we want 1,500 Harry Potter hats. Then we can make it and it gets made in Britain. And there's a whole process to follow that. I'm actually looking for kiddies blocks right now that matches the fedora and the bolero and a mini beret. So they might, they're might quoting me on that. So let's see.
0: Wow, okay. I think we need a crash course on, like, hats. But before yes, we get there, yes, yes. before we get there, like, how did you get to where you are today?
1: Well, too far, in a nutshell, um, always been inspired with things on the head. Wore hats as a kid, really gravitated towards head, and... Uh, flower head pieces everything was always on my head and as a stylist um, I, I, studied, I studied fashion and I became a stylist and I was the stylist known to put stuff on people's heads so it always gravitated towards the head space and when I was living I was living in London when 2008, 9 and 10 and I just had a light bulb moment in Ireland when we were at a party I, I, I bought all these lampshades from, an, uh, from a um, thrift shop that was from a motel we all wore it we sold it off our heads we were so broke and I was like to my gran, I need to, th- I think I need to study millinery. And she's like, you're in London. If you do it anywhere, you must do it Italy, France, London. Study it now while you're there. And I did a part-time course for six months under Noel Stewart. And just the rest was apprenticeship with uh, Pierce Atkinson, who was very tongue-in-cheek, very cheeky, very talented. Um, and then I came back to South Africa thinking it would be a hobby. And it wasn't a hobby. It just kind of took off and people started approaching me. But I did visit this factory while I was studying in 2006, 2005 or six, and I really, really fell in love with it. So I came back to the factory asking for an internship, asking if I can work there. Every time I change my hair, and they would be like, we know who you are, but we still don't take any internships. You are coming to still ideas, you know? So yeah, and then I just carry. I was very, very persistent until four years ago. I needed stability with my daughter, who was one, years, one year old at the time, and I just wanted to get off set and have that crazy stylist life, and I asked, can I move into this factory? I need, to be, I need to be part of this. And Harry said, cool, and that was the February, and April I moved into this exact office, but just in a different building, we just rebuilt it here. Amazing. And from there, it's been the wildest ride and the biggest sponging experience to absorb all the knowledge and, and uh, manufacturing dramas and how the business actually works. Because I had no idea. I thought I was going to make beautiful hats. Yeah. Not deal with the HR, the health and safety, the legalities, the the staff management, the production flow, the cash flow, the all of that, the in and exporting. It's, it's huge. I
0: mean, I suppose you,
1: you just learn
0: on the job.
1: You do. You do. And also you learn the hard way. And the school fees are expensive. But I think after four years, I am maybe graduating in manufacturing of millinery in Cape Town a bit. Um, and I would never stop learning. I'm just saying that now I feel my groove. I can feel that I understand it better. I can see what's coming. We also did this in the wildest of times with lockdown, where we survived on funeral hats <laughs> so that was great, good for us, um, and we did more than twenty thousand masks. But those, and we did a visor with a plastic shield over it. We did for schools. So we actually, did very well in lockdown. Like, level five, we were balling. We, we were like locked up, just us playing loud music, and making the visors and making the funeral ads because the only place that you could go to was a funeral. Shield.
0: Sure. Yeah. Wow. And like how? I know. I, actually, we should maybe tell the story of how we met. Yes. Because <laughs> when we did, yes. when we met, you were telling me amazing stories of the work that you've done with this, with your hat making and this business. About like, I mean, films and. I was
1: so, I felt like I was really, really high and dizzy and kind of trans, <laughs> transcending over to another world. Because I've been traveling at that time. I think forty-four hours it was forty-five hours, and I'm arrived in Doha Airport like the, the Arabic shakes looked like they were you know from Star Wars and uh, I expected some electric camels outside and then I met you because we were both stretching being quite our bodies in agony of sitting so long in the airplanes yeah. and we started chatting and I couldn't believe what you did yeah. I was like what is that?
0: <laughs> Explain to me too Yeah, we're musical theatre so essentially um, on my way back from Helsinki which I attended a biohacking summit because um, I'm extremely passionate about, you know, optimizing one's human potential as well as, you know, creativity and spirituality and all the things that we connected with at the airport. But anyway, I was on my way back from Helsinki and my layover was in Doha. So I was flying from Helsinki to Doha, Doha to Cape Town. And you were traveling. I was
1: going from Ithaca to Kefalonia to Athens to (laughs) Doha back to Cape Town. But I missed my flight in between. So I was really just suspended in time. I had no idea where I was. So mm-hmm. it was quite, it's quite amazing. I met you at the airport and can still, you know, and we're meeting in real life because often people talk about it and they don't, they don't really meet up afterwards. Yeah. It's just a, it's it just a friendly banter yeah. and then they move on.
0: Yeah. So I was, I mean, I, at these long flights, I struggle with just sitting still like in my back and I just need to stretch because I mean, in musical theater training, for example, like minimum, we're dancing like three, four, five hours a day. Yeah. So like movement is, Essential. I mean, and our that's bodies We are came up me. with the stretching
1: or yoga rooms at the airports. Can someone exactly. just like do that for us? Why is there smoking rooms but there's not a stretchy or pilates a ball or something. and to yeah to just to go move. roll your body out yeah, know. on and a on a foam roller or just something so that you feel better or uh, walking track
0: yeah just cycle a little bit exactly i think charge your phone on a bicycle was it 1 a.m or like half past 12 yeah midnight and everyone else was sitting or lying down on chairs waiting to board the plane (laughs) and we're like cats standing like by the corner (laughs) stretching (laughs) and then yeah we just got talking and then i just i mean it's so interesting because i was going to say like it's amazing even when you were still studying and you had this draw to this building and to the persistence I in following think, your instinct i
1: think that the, that is the the instinct or the the thing that i'm so in love with is seeing that it's what's made from scratch and the process is so alien nobody knows it doesn't pop out like a croc shoe everybody goes what is this how it's made because we've been so, so like spoiled and really like overly exposed to such high fashion that things just pop up on a store shelf or on a hanger we have no idea
0: where it comes from
1: where it comes from who made it to how many hands it went through and that's when people like what I buy this at this store for this price. I'm like, yeah because there was a million board of them and they were made at the not in fair trade or they were in the fast fashion that we are um fast fashion age we're living in and the speed that everything's been made um, this is a handcrafted, our craftsmanship, we value the experience of people in the factory. has been here for 37 years. Mm-hmm. So these are, And it's very tricky to train young people because the patience is not there. You can mm-hmm. just see we're so spoiled and how hard it is to keep people's attention. We keep scrolling at the speed of light. We get bored very quickly. So to train, to do something and master it and be very, very patient is... It comes... Oh, it takes discipline.
0: It's rewarding, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's similar... I mean, I'm just going back to your point about we don't really know where the clothes that we buy come from. It's similar to, like, know your farmer. Like, we don't really know where the food that a lot of us are buying from comes smell, from. Exactly. it grows, exactly.
1: And how it's treated. Exactly. I don't them. know
0: if you want to maybe paint a very brief picture of, you know, how fashion works, like...
1: There's something that happened recently that really opened my eyes because um, the factory's been established in 1936, known as Parisian Milliners. When I took over a year and a half ago, we re- re-registered as the hat factory, which is easier for people to understand what we make, and also it's a new business, essentially. Um, but uh, there's a factory that came, um, uh, well, two owners that came to us and said, listen, we had a factory that has just fly-by-night, didn't pay their rent since lockdown, they're gone. But they left all the hats. And I was like... So they left all the hats, just hats. So we're like, oh, we can't fix all the hats. We can try. But what they left was raw material. So essentially, this is called job lotting. You just buy lots of stuff from someone who has either discarded it in the fashion industry or have them in the storage space or have it in there or has it in a container that didn't arrive on on time. Um, So then they sell it as a job lot. And you don't know what you're buying until you get it. And then it opened my eyes to how much job lotting actually goes on and these vultures I call them essentially because they are after these containers and they're after all this this stock and t-shirts and fast fashion drops that just happens or dumping and then I didn't know that it was such a competitive wild industry then I got in touch with this one guy and it's like one container after the other that they are coming to check and they came to buy from us they immediately make you an offer and so we actually had to we actually sold half of our job lot again because we didn't have space for everything but out of that came like sisal from the 60s and 70s which is a silk straw very very scarce and it's also very expensive now and it's a delicate thing that we won't necessarily buy we got raffia straw from Madagascar and felt from hungary and we found these absolute gems but also lots of water damage and lots of straw that would crumble like cornflakes so yeah this is a whole like a whole industry it's quite dark um about all the dumping of it and i haven't gone into it deep enough to know where does all these things come from we do know it comes from the east we do know it comes from mega retailers but it's not spoken about we didn't i didn't know it exists So it's another can of worms that I think should be opened. But um, as we know, the bigger in the industry, you know, the darker it can get. Just like all the plastic in the ocean or all the wherever we go with all the dark side of the food and the mega industrialization and all the things they put in it. Same with fashion. Fashion is the I think it's the second biggest one in the world next to oil of pollution because also all our synthetic clothes are plastic. Wow which also adds petroleum to that.
0: That is huge. And it doesn't
1: disintegrate. And it is, if someone gets paid two and a a half dollars a day in Bangladesh and they make, you know, 50,000 T-shirts a week, you can imagine what the markups, if something has been made, it's been shipped, it's been, well, it's it's been sourced, it's been dyed, it's been tagged, it's been made, it's been trimmed, uh, packed and shipped and then marked up. And if it costs less than your sandwich or your coffee... There's something wrong there. There's no way it can cost that. So that's why the true cost of the documentary is really good. Okay. The true cost of fashion, yeah. So that really reveals the true cost of towns turning blue because of all the denim um, ink uh, dyes really flooding their town. People's hands being blue because they've worked in those denim factories for so long. The same happens with dumping of hats. Like we are competing with people selling. Hats at the robots traffic lights that are, they've just been dumped. It's being sold at markets because mm-hmm. there's an influx of it. So and then people competing with a hundred rand hat compared to a thousand five hundred rand hat. So we're not in the same category. Yeah. But people don't understand that that's a hat can cost more and the value or how different it is. It's mm-hmm. just like a well-made suit
0: yeah. that's compared quality. to a
1: nylon weird cut suit that's made in very large scale. Yeah.
0: It's like buying an extra virgin olive oil that has exactly. been cold pressed, exactly versus another olive oil that's been just cut in, with canola oil exactly and it's in a plastic. Kind
1: of, <laughs> what is this now? Yeah. Yeah, but
0: quality matters. Mm. I, mm. I mean, I just getting a little tour of your beautiful, beautiful space is like, oh my goodness! It's, Thank you so much. Your hats much. are honestly so beautiful.
1: And like so many of them, we're trying to edit them, but they are really some wild ones, and they each have such a different function. Like, one's for parties, one's for to look amazing at a wedding, other one's to protect you against the sun. One is just sensible hat for someone with alopecia or cancer <laughs> or um, a horticulturist uh, that has a whole collection because she's in the sun the whole day, or a woman who goes to many occasions or presents, who's an MCC, uh, uh, MC, not an MCC, drinks MCC and is an MC. Uh, funerals, uh, collaborations with uh, designers. There's Amazing. so many different ones, and then there are just ones who are aesthetically pleasing yeah. for sort of dresses that like to play. Because an accessory is, this a hat is as important as a belt or a shoe or an earring. It's also
0: something that you can express yourself. Exactly, with. an extension mm. of your of your expression of yourself. It's beautiful. It's Thank be- you. Well, I mean, are you? Do you want to like? What are some of your top? I know that you've made hats for movies and yes. for all over the world and what are some of your like top experiences for making? for like,
1: movies actually we did the Ridley Scott series uh, Raised by Wolves at Raised by Wolves and then the uh, Around the World in 180 Days that was recently we're about to start on *Sharko Zulu uh, but this is at, as the factory and I'm building quite a few things and we go into the blocks and we see okay it's western blocks or it's like we need more 1920s blocks for 1919 the movie that was filmed in Egypt we did about 400 for all the extras and lead characters, um, and then Cape Blanchet, there was a thing that they actually, I must look these things up, I don't even I have not even seen any of it but our collaborations I would say is my favorite with Teba Magugu, who's won the Louis Vuitton Foundation Prize, um, Cindy Sukumalo also winner um, of the Louis Vuitton Va- Foundation Prize Rich Nisi um, look, uh, we've worked back in the day with Lucanium Dingi. we've done uh, we did a hat now for Boiti for the African Polo I think it is African Polo I'm under correction might be another Polo because there's a lot of Polos happening in Joburg that I'm not sure what, which one we know the ones in Cape Town a little bit better and then what, what are we saying to recently um, oh, we work with Kafilwe Mabote and Mantirabane ones I really and Trevesti people that I really admire um, and love what they do so there's always a synergy And then there's people who bought hats, which ends up with someone that I didn't even know. They bought it at the Norval Foundation or they bought it at at one of our stockists or online. And then we just see them wearing it, thinking like, wow, that's amazing. I'm so happy Um, we're getting that kind of exposure or that, you know, people at that caliber of their career or artist's are also recognizing it and seeing millinery as the art of hat making it's
0: amazing and i remember you telling me there was some event and then every person who was attending the event could design like an animal yes
1: this was was actually the highlight of the year for me so far because it was the we hosted a dinner in the factory that's a real dream came true uh, by so house so house i pitched the idea to them a few years ago and they came back this year it's like now it's time and i've Pick the theme of the watering hole so all the animals in the Serengeti could come together and drink um, wine and champagne and have a lovely dinner inside the factory. So we took all of our job lot hats, that was uh, all the Raffia Blue and Aqua ones, and as water above the table. And then each guest I had a conversation with to ask them which animal would they be if they came to the watering hole. So we had a wild dog, we had an antelope, we had a secretary bird, we had a little like roller. We had an African Ibis, oh, there was a lion, a sexy zebra, um, what else? There was a little waterpoki. So li- everybody's personalities came out as well, and it was such a lovely, creative crowd that everybody justified or could have a whole conversation about why they are the meerkat. Or, I was the st- only two I really wanted to make that I didn't make was a guinea fowl and a tortoise. <laughs> but the rest was quite wild. There was forty-eight different ones.
0: Amazing. And yeah,
1: I was the golden armadillo.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I love that. I mean, also in acting and in theater school, we worked a lot with animals. Just too, you know, it's a different way of, I suppose, developing your character. And Express I think it's and therapeutic. And yeah, it's such a therapeutic... What a special exercise Like that you got to individually speak with yeah. the guests. And that I think the people,
1: really, they came in quite shy, a little bit intimidated. The one guy was like, I'm a rhinoceros. And when he came here, he wasn't a rhinoceros. He changed his character completely. Because he was actually more shy and the hat was a little bit too big and it intimidated him. So everybody also interacted asking like, oh my gosh, are you also lying? Oh, she's the cat." And she'd be like, I'm, a, I'm the female, you know, I'm the female feline. I'm an elusive tiger. Everybody had their own thing and that made them have a conversation as well. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that, that's uh, so it, interesting. It sparked people that didn't know each other would talk to each other because they were curious what animal are you? or why are you this animal and then it became jolly quite quickly without <laughs> so waiting cool. for everything to warm up you know like to break the ice or to introduce people to each other so yeah do that at your wedding if you need to it's yeah. good That's it's very i'm good. just thinking
0: like my next <laughs> my next birthday is my birthday. crown birthday yeah. and i was like oh this is a good cool your previous idea for birthday
1: me. looked amazing though we, we, which one was it? it wasn't yours the british one which one did you go to yeah you went to didn't you go to a british party Oh, yes. yes. It was actually a farewell. Looked amazing. <laughs> it was real, That was yeah. really, really fun, but yeah. Do that for your crown birthday. You'll see
0: the results quite cool quickly. Idea. People just get into it. And some people stay in character pretty long. It's, it's so, I mean, that is the power of something as small as like a hat or like a prop. Where, yeah. I mean, in acting, we often had to, like on the first rehearsal, we had to know exactly what shoes our character was wearing, for example. Yeah. And then when you step into those shoes, you just have to wear the shoes for the rehearsal. Wow. You just embody. It's just something so subtle. That can just make such a difference it to you. Changes your, your posture. Everything.
1: Yeah. The same happens in the store. People put on a hat and they either speak in an accent or they their persona changes. They just do something and you're like, wow, she didn't say anything Psychology. the whole time until she put up put the hat on. And then it just like sparks some idea or feeling. So yes, that I do so think I do think it has a very big impact on how people think or act immediately.
0: I'm sure there's some paper that's looked into the psychology behind We'd something like fashion. We like should actually look into that. I would be love amazing. to read it. Wow. Yeah. Or we could maybe design a trial here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Actually, oh, it's so beautiful. Well, I know you are one of the most busiest women. <laughs> I know this week
1: just seems to be like a hurricane. Just this because year, everything happens at the same time.
0: This year, as well. Yeah, the
1: previous years. week was a bit more gentle. I am, I am taking more time out for myself as well. I'm not being so ruthless and so, just go, go, go. I do know that I have to switch off and be more gentle and subtle with my just, just, just preserve my energy. And I think winter time is good for that. But this week was just bonkers. I don't understand it. I think it's. Everyone's prepping for summer now and we're all moving, all the collections, all this, all the designers are shooting in August because we're all launching in September. So there's that like momentum picking up for summer, mm. you know, and we can also feel the sun coming through now and then after the rain.
0: So like, OK, let's do this. How do you like, do you have any tips for balancing your work and self-preservation? I to learn the hard way. <laughs> Um,
1: by crashing big time or ending up in hospital or really being burnt out like really, really badly um, and then also going through really a hard time where my body just couldn't and your body and there was a, there's a good saying also that you shouldn't just rest when your body actually tells you to uh, you should take that you should preserve yourself more than just being burnt out back in the day I did like well along especially taking on this manufacturing company I didn't realize the scale of it but now I am, I am done at 4.30 or 5. I do uh, devote my time to my daughter or to myself. I have to focus on getting doing mini breaks away to go away, either alone or with good friends, so that I'm not also getting to know new people, spending more energy. Um, and then exercising. I'm, I'm loving my Pilates. I need it. It's like really, it's like therapy to me. And it's also like... Um, I don't go to body stress or acupuncture anymore. Just since I did Pilates, so once I work out, I feel much better. And then eating more nutritious meals with value and substance instead of just eating for the sake of eating and honouring my food. Um, I would say I would meditate. I don't. I'm not such a disciplined meditator, but I do listen to Star Wars meditations with my daughter. And then also having, you know, quality time with good people. My friends and my team is a very good support network. They are my absolute rocks. And staying close to my family recently has been very, very... Mm -hmm. My sister lives next door to me now in my granny flat. And I think that's a source of energy. And so I just move from there slowly and the rest... And if I want to sleep, I sleep. And if I want to take a day off, I take a day off. Otherwise, this place can't run without me, you know?
0: well done thank you that's amazing and
1: dips in the ocean to yes. discharge charge some ener- oh, energizing oh yes. you know just an electric shock now and then that's good
0: yeah I recently interviewed Lee Ewan yeah. I met him in Helsinki I've been following him for years wow. he's like a like a breath expert so he studied with cool. Wim Hof and everything and he oh my gosh the cold and, I yeah, wish I, I was know. as
1: disciplined to uh, go every day or every second day but yeah and I, so I, I do it as much as I can or just to ground yourself yeah or, and nature.
0: He said you can just take a cold shower in the morning. You do, yeah. With. I didn't, and the and even that, even the, the
1: Stellenbosch Hydra, they like five hot, cold, hot, cold. Yes, hot, you can do that, especially in the area. Good, yeah. It's Very, good. it's important. So we don't have to go extreme steps to really experience all the perks of it. Yeah. But I'm just, I just think our lifestyle in Cape Town is very valuable and beautiful. Yeah, we're so very I've lucky. I've never tapped into it as much as I have in the past six mm. months like as any time i can get to be in nature or to be outside i am yeah
0: wow well i'm just absolutely inspired i mean Thank like you. I, I mean i'm just trying to still comprehend how you went from studying fashion into then like moving into this beautiful beautiful place and then having a whole factory with multiple like yeah. a team, and there was a it, the film amazing. industry,
1: at least in between, the styling, which really teaches you everything. Yes. Get the stomach for your freelance paycheck, get the stomach for ridiculous clients. so yeah.
0: Amazing! Wild.
1: You can also hear the chatter in the background. We've got one of our staff that's popping in. I love it. She used to be in the factory 40 years, and now she came. She's bring. She must bring us some cook sisters or something, so we could go check that out now.
0: Interesting. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Before I press stop, where can people follow you and your work? the Hat Factory. CT is the Hat Factory as a manufacturer, but I'm Crystal
1: Birch, which is the real Crystal Birch on Instagram, the brand, and I'm also the owner of the factory. So it's quite a confusing concept that the owner of the factory has a brand, but the factory creates for many brands. Okay. And also on Facebook, they are exactly the same. Okay, I'm going to Africa And the think... real and is our online store. Amazing. For I'll, you to
0: shop. I'll give all the links at the bottom. And the final question is... Is, what, is there anything that you wish you could tell your younger self?
1: Wow. My younger self would not have done this if I told her, don't do it, because it was so traumatic, but such a rough like, and quick learning curve. It was really vicious. But I think because I was blissfully unaware and so spontaneous and so, so enthusiastic about it, I just went for it so I would say, but I would still say you can be a little bit more gentle on yourself you don't have to rush against time there is time you can set up a bit stronger boundaries and you can be more clear in what you wanted instead of being bulldozed into things but I mean everything happens in a different way and I mean if it didn't happen that way would I have learned those lessons would it would have been just a gentle cruise until I realized something so I can't say I'll take away from it because that will take away from what happened now and my realization and clarity on it now. But I would say just you can rest and chill just a little bit physically and self-love on yourself a little bit more.
0: I love that so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much.
1: Big pleasure.
0: How cool was that? I left the Hat Factory feeling so inspired and so motivated to continue following that deeply internal visceral thing called instinct. Follow Crystal and her creations. Trust me, they are absolutely gorgeous. And let us know where you listened to this episode from and some of your biggest takeaways. Tag us and share it all on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you do the things. If you think of anyone who would enjoy this episode, please share, 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 sharing, rating, commenting, and reviewing. This show really, really helps the growth of this podcast and allows more people to get to listen to its content. Don't forget about your special 10% discount for any Oxford HealthSpan products. Links will be in the show notes. And until next time, stay safe, stay real. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Human Theatre. I hope you learnt something new. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share and give a rating or a review on whatever app you are listening to this podcast on. I would love to hear your feedback, so please don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram or via email. All the links are in the show notes. Remember, you are your most important person in this world. Keep shining your unique light. Until next time...